Welcome to Bible Q&A, a monthly discussion with Luther Seminary faculty about everything you wanted to know about the Bible, but were afraid to ask. I'm Eric Barreto. And I'm Cameron Howard. And joining us today is Amy Marga, who teaches theology here at the seminary. Thanks for being with us, Amy. It's my pleasure. Amy, you've written about motherly images in the Bible, and it's a wonderful essay. I feel like we should say first that, you know, there are a lot of different metaphors, a lot of different ways for talking about God in the Bible. And in and of themselves, each one is incomplete. There's no sort of language or image that can singularly capture who God is. So we hear a lot about God as a father, and certainly that metaphor for who God is and how God acts in the world is present in Scripture. But there's a lot that you've shown us that's present in Scripture in terms of thinking about God as a mother. First, what's one of your favorite motherly images of God in Scripture? That's a good question. I really enjoy thinking about God in the Old Testament as a mother. I think the imagery there is very rich and very earthy and captures some of the physical aspects of birthing a child. So I really um, appreciate like the Job passages where we see the sea leaping out of God's womb and where God suggests that there's something bodily about God's involvement in creation and in making things. Yeah, you know, I've read those passages a hundred times and never thought about the the way that it embodies sort of giving birth, which is quite a contrast to Genesis 1, where creating is a spoken event, and then even in Genesis 2, where creating a human being starts with dirt and a sort of forming or molding. I love that that whole range of images is in place. Yeah, I think one of the things that your piece makes really clear, Amy, is that this isn't isolated little bits, right? So you see it in Job, you see it in Genesis, you see it in the New Testament, a couple of different points that these, it's just such an intrinsic part of life, this giving of, this birthing of life, that why wouldn't we talk about God in light of these images as well? Yeah, it's not isolated, that's for sure. Um, and maybe it's just we, we, we don't see it as for what it is because it's it's hard to think about a God having a body, mm-hmm. and b this a God being involved maybe in the messiness and in the right. the the work of giving life. I wonder sometimes if we're more comfortable thinking about God having certain kinds of bodies. So God might have mm-hmm. an arm, or God might embrace us, or God might see us, or God might hear us, or even God might speak. Mm-hmm. Right? Those are all kind of bodily things. Mm-hmm. But then we might wonder why it's more uncomfortable to imagine God giving birth, even if it's an image. They're all images, right? So they're to wonder why, why that limitation, why we have that limitation. Well, giving birth itself is uncomfortable <laughs> to so understate. Yeah. So there's that. I mean, the great paradox, perhaps, that even the biblical writers are trying to understand uh, in the early chapters of Genesis when they envision um, pain and childbearing as a curse, is that on the one hand, it's this wonderful life-giving process, and on the other hand, it is this very painful and traumatic and dangerous Mm -hmm. process. Yeah, and I think that women's bodies are still not as understood as maybe men's bodies are when it comes to medicine and for centuries like women's uteruses and the processes of giving birth um, have were not well known at all and I think that's another piece of it is that there's still somewhat of a medical mystery around actually how embryos form and how 
the birthing process works. I think I just want to echo what Cameron said, that birth has been associated with death throughout Mm -hmm. history because that's what you face. And luckily in the first world, we most... Most white women don't have to deal with that, but um, across the world, it's still very much a very dangerous process. And that might be why it's hard to think about the goodness Mm -hmm. or even God's involvement Mm -hmm. in this really, really dangerous situation for women and kids. Mm -hmm. There's both this potential for new life, but also this profound risk for the mother involved as well. So that kind of captures both, both life and death all wrapped up into one event in a way that's, I think, really powerful, but also really, I think, really troubling to, to people as well. And obviously, right, God's not going to die. The creator of the universe is so powerful to think that God is going to face death in birth, I think, is something that just doesn't resonate with the way we think of creator, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Grand creator of the cosmos. So I think about my own upbringing in a church where <laughs> I can't think of a single time that I ever heard God referred to as anything but he or him throughout my whole upbringing. And I remember first hearing God referred in these kind of using either feminine images or feminine pronouns. And I remember being profoundly uncomfortable with that, largely because I just hadn't heard it. And because even though I'd read some of these stories, I had been so conditioned to think about God in one particular way that I couldn't imagine God in another way. So um, are there ways that we can start thinking both biblically and theologically about God and, and, and the identity of God in a wider way, in a way that takes seriously all these different kinds of images that... Um, that takes seriously the riskiness of some of these images as well. I consider myself a feminist theologian, and I'm going to place some of that responsibility on feminist theology that's wanted to look at female and feminine images of God in order to gain a certain kind of power. And I'm not going to deny that I want power, we want power for women, we want women to be empowered, but there's also a sense for me that a lot of different imagery for God, especially thinking about God as one who cares for us like a mother, Um, is not only about giving women power, but about giving women care. Mm. And not only giving women care, but giving men care and giving children care. And so for me, having a range of images is, I think, less about sort of competing understandings Mm. of female power or male power, but rather that God is a being who cares for us in many, many different ways. And one of those ways is a maternal, intimate gentle care. It's interesting to imagine then rethinking our relationships to God, our relationships to one another, and maybe moving away from notions of power and instead embracing notions of care, right? That they're not, you can't pick one or the other, right? These two things are always intertwined. That's that, true. So maybe that, what would it look like to prioritize care as you do at the end here? And I think in a really nice way that you say, um, it is a work of care that preserves and protects all humanity, especially mothers and their children. And maybe there's a lesson in there for all of us, even if we're not mothers. We're all children of somebody, right? But even if we're not mothers, even if we don't have that set of experiences, that, that divine care is something that we can experience in, in really tangible ways. Yeah, and the multiplicity of metaphors for God, which, again, is something we're drawing on Scripture very specifically for, I think is helpful because every metaphor has its limits. So the sort of classic articulation of the limit of the father-God metaphor is that some people have had really terrible experiences with fathers. And so to think of God as only father then introduces really terrifying characteristics for God. So 
to introduce the idea of God as mother may provide a nice, another way to experience God. But we should also say that if one is a woman and wants to experience God or be close to God, one does not have to be a mother Mm -hmm. to do that. Mm -hmm. That these metaphors are about, again, opening up uh, ways to understand this really big and ultimately mysterious deity that we worship. And I wonder if you might say, Amy, that then that's that's where this idea of care might be really helpful is that no matter if you're if you've experienced fatherhood or experienced motherhood or not, that this idea of divine care is something that perhaps we've all experienced in different ways. That So this is one set of images for thinking about what this care looks like. Um, it looks like a mother. It looks like a father. But that's not the only thing it looks like. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And I agree with what Cameron said that the maternal images for God don't necessarily have to be tied to female. They very often are, but this idea that fathers, grandfathers, uncles, neighbors, husbands can lift up and hold and stroke and be the mother that maybe people didn't have in their Mm -hmm. lives as well. So, um, yeah, I agree with it all. It's, It's a way of expanding the way we think about how God can care for us and be with us in our lives. So I wonder if one kind of principle might be is I don't get to turn off my eyes or my brain when I come across these biblical images about motherhood. It's not like, okay, now I'm not listening anymore because I've not been a mother. And people who haven't been fathers don't get to turn it off. When, when, But that we kind of learn from these images from each other and that sometimes we need the help of others to help us see the fullness of these images. Yeah, definitely. One image set can't cannot replace another um, in that regard. I totally agree with that. And maybe we could just close with thinking a little bit about how Jesus Christ as embodied God helps us to think through some of these metaphors as well. You point out in the essay um, certainly the fact that Jesus is birthed by a human woman mm-hmm. is one way that we understand his humanity. How else should we think about sort of Jesus in this It is interesting that Jesus in John talks about the hour that has come, and it seems Mm -hmm. in the ancient world that he's referring to a kind of labor. But I also think it's, it's interesting, you know, thinking about Jesus as the one who shows us what being a Christian is about. And I like thinking about um, how Paul talks about training and nurturing Mm -hmm. and that Jesus Christ becomes a model for, you know, because that's what parents want to do for their kids. They want their kids to be successful (laughs) in life, whatever successful, not successful, but they want their kids to have a decent life. And they, yeah, (laughs) it's rough. And this idea that Jesus can be someone who leads us and who trains us and nurtures us in a non-punitive way, in a non-threatening kind of way. To me, that that's very powerful um, thinking about Jesus as a mothering figure mm-hmm. even though I'm I, I don't question his gender I've got no issues with Jesus being a male <laughs> but the idea of Jesus being a male who can mother us I think is very powerful to me personally yeah, which might be precisely the point is that these these identities they are full of gender identity but they're also ways in which we can particip- participate in each other's lives so whether it's through witness or actual participation there's no barrier for me to be nurturing and caring to somebody else that's something we're actually called to do for one another yeah i mean i actually think you know thinking about jesus as a maternal male so to speak and or really strong heroic warrior women i think that could be freeing for a lot of people we live in a culture where being male at least in america is really hooked together with a a very strict set of criteria Mm -hmm. of macho-ness or violence or you know these kinds of things and so i would hope that think that christians can really create spaces for men 
especially men and women, to be different than maybe what the culture requires us to be as either male or female. And if you're on the gender spectrum, for this to also be freeing for you to be who you are if you don't identify strongly as male or female, that, that you as well in that space can be a nurturing, caring person the way God is for us. Amy, thanks so much for inviting us, I think, into a really important, really complex. We could have talked about this for another couple hours, I think, but mm-hmm. thanks for getting our, our brain started on this. I really appreciate being here. Thank you for joining us on Bible Q&A. You can find more information at enterthebible.org. Join us again. Mm-hmm.